On today's episode, have you ever wondered what happens to all your records in your living area when you pass away? Yeah, me too. And what about those crazy farm names? Have you ever come across them from Sweden? What are you supposed to do with those? And let's not mention all those new unfinished attachments. What do you do with other relationships there? And how can you not see them anymore? Yes, I promise we're going to answer all of those questions and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Well, if it goes, it, it's dark. That's all I want to worry about. Hello out there. Start. I got a new computer, so I'm trying to check it out. Let's see if anything is going to happen here. Not seeing anything. It's not a good thing. Hello, can you hear us okay? Kathy. Evening from New Hampshire. Hey. Oh. I'll be right back. Okay, you're done. You're out of here already, huh? <laughs> You've had enough. Yeah, I had enough. No, I can't read without my glasses. Without my glasses. Mm. Sounds good, good. I got a new computer, so I'm trying to, this is the first time, I've, I've only had the computer for like uh, two days, so I'm trying to see how it does. Looks like it's working pretty well. And all the way from Wyoming and New Zealand. Wow. That's a long ways. I want to visit there someday. I don't even know what the time zone, time thing is in, time in New Zealand. Well, we went to Australia, and I know it was three thirty p.m. on Friday. Wow, day ahead. That's not too bad. Three thirty p.m. That's not bad. No. Yeah, like I said, it was almost a day difference when we were in Australia. <clears throat> All right, Virginia, Canada. Yeah, I just ordered some stuff from Canada. Did you? Did you order? Well, those socks that I get are from Where's Canada, actually. special socks, huh? Brisbane. Oh, we've got lots of fun people from all over the world. Oh, welcome. Gosh, that's great. Thanks for making time for us, guys. It's actually very shocking. Yeah, he doesn't think people know who he is or likes him. Or want to come listen to me. Or want to listen anymore to him. You know, and I've been married to him for 39 years, and I'm and still hanging you're, around. You're done listening to me, too. Right? No. I still like listening to him. <laughs> I, like, I like doing stuff with him. So, okay. I don't know why he's acting this way. <clears throat> I was sick last week. Yeah, we've all been sick. Um, I had bronchitis, and I don't know if you went all the way that, that far, but you were, he's... Yeah, the... he's getting sick. Our old, our youngest son came home for a visit and called me from college this, this afternoon and said, "I think Dad shared his sickness with me." Mm. So we've got one that may be coming home Georgia. for Thanksgiving, sick. Yeah, great. Give it back to us. Try to get rid of it, and then they come back. And well, I was babysitting the grandkids today, and one of them had a really snotty nose. Okay. All righty. Well, let's uh, let's get things started a little bit. Thank you, everybody, for coming down. Yes. Um, so give me the first question here. Let's see. Okay. From Sharon. And she says, if I add my aunt as a living person and I die before she does, will the system change her to deceased when she's like, what, 110 years yeah. old? This is always backwards for me. I am concerned about memories. I attached her. I would like to see them preserved and viewable when she is deceased. Uh, yes. The answer is yes. We we haven't implemented, implemented the system yet, but we've got a few years to worry about it. <laughs> but uh, yes, the plan is that we will periodically go through people's living area and if the person in the living area is 110 years old or older, we'll make them dead, especially for those who have uh, 
who our accounts are no longer active because of deceased or whatever reason. If they're members, we know they're deceased. But So that is the plan. And, I mean, if we think you're still there, we'll probably just Reach out. send you a message and say, hey, this person looks like they're over 110. You might want to mark them deceased or something. And if you don't respond, then what? I don't know. We haven't got there yet. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Chicago. Well, we are all over the place tonight. That's New Hampshire, wonderful. Chicago, Arizona. Wonderful. That just warms just my heart. Albuquerque. That you would take the time to spend with two grumpy old grandpa and grandma. Get the New Zealand part. All right. <clears throat> so, okay. yes, we will do that. Here's a question from Colin. This is just an indexing question. I just want to know what the future plans are for indexing German records as there is currently very little options available for indexing projects on family search for Germany. Yeah, I'm going to have to go look into that one. I don't know off the top of my head. You don't do that, do you? No, no, no. The, my peer that sits next to me does that. Oh, does he? <clears throat> and so I'll have to ask that. So I'll go try to reply to that or if Colin would send me an email at ron at familysearch.org I'll, I'll uh, try to see if there's anything there. I'm sure there are because we're always trying to get uh, records from all those countries especially you know European records yeah this Germany is part of that then that these are all valuable because there's a lot of a lot of history there so mm, very good okay. Okay, this one is a two-part question, and it comes from Teresa. says, the situation is that my, mo my mother lives in Arizona, and I live in Texas. I have her photos, documents, memorabilia, of which she needs to see in order to add her comments by audio, right. because that's the easiest for now. And at this point in her life, since she does not have a laptop slash PC, just a mobile Android device. We cannot find a way to do this without uploading them directly into her account. Is this currently the case of point in time? We're sincerely trying to preserve her, uh, take on these inherited photos as fast as we can. Life is now too short with this generation and technology. Yeah. So, yeah, what you're doing is exactly right. So just to repeat the case, the, there's an individual, there's a daughter of, uh, of a lady. And the lady does, only has a phone. She doesn't have a PC anymore. She's older. So my dad. And uh, so what she's doing is she has she happens to have all the memories, all the pictures and stuff. I'm assuming she's scanning them. And, then and mom's got the memories. Mom's got the, the mom, the daughter, has the memories. So she wants the mother to comment on the memories using the little click on the record audio and say something about the picture. And so you're right on your answer. You have to you have to log in as mom. You can either be a help a helper or you could be a I'm trying to remember. I think you can be a helper for memories too. So you'd be a helper or you use her username and password and log in as her, personate her, and then upload those memories into her gallery and then uh, have her go there and click to add the button, click to add the thing. That's all you can do right now. The only other thing you could do maybe is yeah, it still wouldn't work very well. Mm. Have her record about the pictures and then send it to you, but that wouldn't that wouldn't look very, that wouldn't work very well. So you're doing just the right thing. So you you figured out a way to work around the system a little bit to be able to do that. That's great. Keep going though, because hopefully it will change. Anyway, here's the second part to her um, comments and questions. She says, "Farm names. When you're in Sweden, local villages and towns typically refer to family connections by the farm name. That's then that stays with the family. This is how they know in where in the town your family lived when you when they were there. It also applies to subsequent generations. They know the history of the house that they live in. I love seeing those farm names in my tree offline." In family search, there doesn't seem to be a true placeholder for these types of traditions that show up next to the father's name, their son's names, and so on. Daughters are included sometimes. Granted, birth names are birth names, but their father could be listed with the family farm name. This farm name is valuable in researching Scandinavian-type repetitive naming. Now my question is, could you wonderful creators of Family Search please find a special place for these special identifiers? <laughs> okay. I want you to notice 
I cleaned his whiteboard. It is now white and oh, not yeah, gray. Yeah, there it, was. it was all yucky See? before. Now it's all pretty. Now I'm going to mess it up. Yeah, thanks. Okay, there's two. So what she's asking is they have a farm name associated with the family. So I guess it's, I don't know, Winston Farm or El Dorado Farm or something like well, that. Well, it's Swedish, but you don't know Swedish. And there's two places that you could put this in. So uh, you could put So there it, is a place. You don't have to create one? Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Oh. So you could put... I'm going to draw out some things here. I'll warn you, he's not the artist. Farm, comma, town, comma, dot, 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 Germany, or wherever it was. Sweden. Jeez. Uh, or you can put it in other... He is drawing something for you. Hopefully, it will be up momentarily. I hope you can read that. I can read it. You can, but maybe they can't. No, they got to squint. <laughs> I'm sorry if you can't read his handwriting. I've been working on it for 40 years. Sometimes okay. I can read it. There you go. Okay. You could go and do something like this. You could go to a birthplace or a death place or resident. You can go in and add a residence in the, well, this is in, if you want it up by birthplace or death place, you can just add the farm to the place they died or the place they were born. Just type in the farm name right there and then put in the town and all the other stuff and the country. And it'll take that, and it'll standardize it without the farm. So it'll it'll the standard value won't have the farm, but the farm will be there for everybody to see. So that's one place you can do it. You can create a. You can go to the other information. There's other information that's down below um, the the vitals, and you can go in and make a custom event, and you could type in, you know, family farm name, family farm name, and then a little note about what that. Why is that's important? Or you could even have a make a residence. You could, I think you could pick a residence and then ask for a time frame and a place name, hmm. and you could put that same farm name up here down in the custom, in the custom or in the residence. So I think those are cool. those are like three places you could do that, and that farm name it won't it won't show up next to their name, but it'll show up in their in their person page. Okay, so. I think that's three options you have of where you could put that. Oh, and I, I learned something any, any new one tonight. Of those would work just fine. So my day's not a waste. No. This, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at here one here. That one here. Says, okay. uh, Janice said, Ogden, Utah Temple. Today there was a notice on the family name's credenza saying that as of November 21st, completed name cards will no longer be returned. That's interesting because I'm not aware of that at all. Um but as you know, uh, temples some have some autonomy. Yeah. So uh, you know, the temple department tells me the ones that they want to move to this new not returning card stuff, and uh, they they haven't mentioned Ogden yet. So. Well, I guess it's happening. And well, I think what the, what they're temples. what they're finding as the temple presidents talk to each other is that it's you know very efficient. It's Gets it things is. recorded properly. It keeps reverence in the temple and people not waiting, hanging around for, you know, an hour trying to get their Making card back. Making the poor little recorder nervous. Yeah. So, I mean, they have that. The, the temple presidents have some latitude. So I think, and I've heard it, of others that are talking it, about it. I know it. you don't like it, but it is really nice. We've, you know, we've used it in and. You know, it works. You have to be willing to, you know, go print another card well, and stuff. yeah, that or, you know, you have to be willing to start a new tradition. That is, is that you don't keep them. You don't need to. Yeah. But I know that that's hard for some people. Yeah, well, they, you know, and by the way, just to repeat the cards for those who are joining that may not know about this, uh, this not returning card thing. So let me just take a moment here and explain a little bit about it. This is a, they did a trial pilot in Utah County, uh, they actually did it in Monticello first, and then they came and tried it on Utah County. So that's Provo, Provo City Center, uh, Payson. Payson, and Mount, Mount Tipanogos. 
and the um, what the process is is if you come in with a card they want you to come in with a card that's only has printed on the card the ordinances you're going to do at that visit to the temple mm -hmm. so if you're going to do baptism confirmations then just print a card for that if you're just doing an endowment or initiatory and an endowment bring that just print that card and then you come in and then if you're doing more than if you're doing one ordinance it's no big deal you go in you go do your endowment with your card and then you hand off the card to the worker and you're not going to get it back and uh if you're doing baptism confirmations, you do the baptism, you do the confirmation, the worker, you hand it off to the worker, and then you're not going to get it back. And same with any of the others. Now, they even have a process where you can have the whole card. If you are if you want to do all of the ordinances for that person uh, that, that, that day in the temple, you're welcome to do that. You just need to tell the worker that you're planning on doing them all. And they have a process in the temple <coughs> to help move the card along. So you'll do like the baptism confirmation, they'll record it, and then they'll move the card to the eye, to the initiatory. And then you, when you arrive at the initiatory, they'll have your card oh, for so you. So it's not necessarily you being responsible. Yeah, they don't give it back to you. They'll, they'll take they it over it. They'll take it over to the initiatories, and then when you do that, they'll record it. Then they'll take it over to the endowment area. That's nice. And then after you're done with the endowment, then they'll take the card, as you hand it over to the ordinance worker there mm -hmm. in the endowment, and then they'll take the card over to and ceilings, so you can go do ceilings. Okay. Then when the ceiling's done, they take the card and, Down to the recorder's you know, office and, and you don't get it back. Care. You don't get it back. Now, the reason they're doing that is to uh, make the temple um, efficient, make sure the number one problem is that they want to make sure that everything is recorded properly. And what they have found is if the if they're if a recorder imagine you're a recorder and you're sitting in the office and you're waiting and sessions happen let's say every 20 minutes and let's say there's a couple hundred people in a session and they're happening every 20 minutes not only that but the baptism confirmations are happening all the time and initiatories are happening all the time and so you're sitting there at your desk next to your computer getting ready to scan and then all of a sudden the pile comes in a 300 and you're starting to scan to 300 and then a Five minutes later, a bunch of baptism confirmations show up, and they're like, you need to hurry up because these kids need don't need their cards back. And so they stop doing mysteries and do some baptism confirmations, whatever. And and what happens is they're hurrying, and because the cards are on paper, because they're hurrying, they, they get sticked together. They try to scan faster than, than is appropriate to get them all recorded. And so things don't get recorded, and then... Uh, users of Family Search get frustrated because the the ordinance doesn't show up on the person page, um, and so they did a bunch of research. And in the research and testing, they just they discovered that if they did not return the card, then the office, the temple office, recorder's office, actually can do a much better job because they can take their time. They record it all, and as a matter of fact, they're going to re-record every card at least twice some temples are doing it three times just oh. to make sure that it's recorded and it doesn't matter if they do it three times because if they do it the first time it'll say recorded if they do it the second time it'll say this is already recorded third time it'd say this is already recorded That's but they're right. recording it multiple times to really ensure that uh, the recording was done and then of course we implemented the uh, messaging stuff so that you get a message from Family Search when that uh, ordinance is recorded. Mm. Now, if, if there if the case comes up where you went to a temple and they took your card, if within a couple within two or three days, if you're not seeing that message, then you need to contact the temple recorder and say, "Hey, I did this initiatory for this person and it's not recorded." And then they'll can go find the card because they're mm -hmm. going to keep the cards for a period of time. And they can get the card and re-record it and make sure that it's recorded for you. I mean, they're really going the extra mile trying to help you. Yeah, and so. what we found so far with the temples that have done it is they actually record more ordinances faster. That's interesting. And that's because they're not getting interrupted. They're being more efficient, more effective. Fewer cards are getting recorded, things like that. So anyway, that's the reason why. And So people are asking about this. and.
And that's what's happening. I, I don't know uh, how far it's going to go or how many temples you're going to get it. I just know the ones that have it now. So Look, there's another friend from Australia. Yeah. <sighs> oh, same thing happened in Mount Timonolis. Yeah, Mount Timonolis is one of the ones that were in the, the Utah County group. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let me just do this next question here, Seymour. So this is Roger. He's talking about unfinished attachments in the sources in the sources section. We've got a question about it too, so okay. on, I'll listen and see. Well, that may be the same. It's Joe's. Oh, that's Joe. So in he says the unfinished attachment feature in the sources easily is really helpful for finding additional sources for family members. However, many people on the source are not family members and cannot be attached, like servants, boarders, witnesses on wills, pastors on the marriage record, etc. Could there be a way to mark these people as not family members or something so that the unfinished attachment message goes away? It's, it is distracting to have the message continue to come up after you have attached the source to an all-applicable person. So, uh, yes, people have responded with this, uh, with this issue. I talked to my uh, product manager today. We actually talked about it. And they're planning on doing the ability for you to, to dismiss so you could go to a specific source and say, dismiss, I'm done being told about that attachment. Now, what I want to do in the future is I want to create other relationships besides parents, spouses, and children. Like, for instance, I want to have a source, I want to have a relationship that says, this is the homeowner and this was the border. So that relationship can be entered into the tree and may help you find more about your relatives because they happen to have been a border in a particular place. So that may lead to more information and records about yeah, that particular person. Yeah, that's true. Person. You know, you may not have known that they lived somewhere else for a while and may have. And then you may find that and then go, wow, they, I'll go and look over there for some records. Yeah. This also is very helpful for uh, slaves in the past where they were listed as uh, just people in the census and, um, you don't necessarily want to have those people in uh, the slaves that were in a household be listed as a spouse or as children of the slave owner or slaveholder. So uh, we want to use that as another way to be able to have a place for uh, entering in these ex these people that were part of the family or part of the <clears throat> plantation or part of the yeah, area. Yeah, I know when I do indexing, that shows up quite a lot. You, you get a border or something. Yeah, or a cousin. You'll get a cousin or you'll get a grandkid who's visiting the family. That's true, that they're you'll, there temporarily. You'll see a grandkid happen to be there when the census taker came by. Sure. You could link it as a grandchild. So we're going to, we're working on that. We've actually had several, uh, this, I wanted to do it this year. We didn't get it done. So we're going to try to take care of that next year. Yeah, that was what Joe asked. So yes, same, same thing. thing. All right. Much, yep. Wow. Um, Here's, I think, an easy one while you're scanning a little bit. Can you listen with one ear? Yeah. If we want somebody's family history book, which is about 30 pages, to be searchable on the Family Search Digital Library, uh, he's given the... Um, URL. Where can we submit it to? Someone mailed me their family story, which I have scanned and have mailed back to them. I'd rather not post all the pages on on my memory section. So I guess he wants to add it to a generalized. Well, we don't have a generalized place. Well, that's so. Well, he says that it's searchable on Family Search Digital Library. Is that? Yeah, that I know what he's saying. Usually, we if we're going to take a book and scan it and uh, get it into our digital books environment, we have to have authorization from the creator of the book. So, so if he Brian, if you want to email me at ron.familysearch.org with more details, remind me what it is that this is about the scanning thirty pages of a family history book for a family. You can write that down if you want. And. Uh, and we'll uh, and we'll converse about it, and I'll connect you with somebody where you could probably send. If you get permission, we'd have to get permission from the owner of the book, and then if they give us permission to publish it and to put it up on the site, then I think we can do that. I think we've done that before. I can't remember the process now, but, but there you go. 
Boston Temple recorder says Temple's not returning family cars will be churchwide within three months. Well, news to me. We'll have to see. I'll go ask the Temple Department next week. <laughs> are you on their on their naughty list? Yeah, Is that apparently. What you are? Dang it. That's not a group of people you want to make bad. Then you're right. Sometimes borders become relatives. Sometimes borders were relatives or in-laws. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, Pat says, on the memories page, I have a lot of pictures, which I put in folders for easier access and organization. Is there any way that my family members or anyone else can see what is in my folders without having to go to each individual person page? In other words, make them all public to anyone but organized by families and folders. First off, you need to understand that all memories are public. So if, uh, if any user logged in or not has a URL to one of your memories, they can see that memory. We do not block them from seeing that memory. Now, you can also share a folder. Okay, You can go to the folder, cool. an album. It's called an album. So you go to the album, and you, there's buttons up on the top of the album where you can say share, and you can share an email with the URL, the link to that folder. And if they click on that link, they'll see the folder and, or the album with all the pictures in the album. Now, we've, we've done that for quite some time, for several years now, where we can share folders that way. But people can't find the email and lose the email. So one of the things we're looking at doing here, uh, and I don't know if we'll get it done this year. There's not much time left this year. But what we're looking at doing is allowing you to like an album. And if you and so what do you think about this? We like you like an album, it'll show up in your gallery then. As Ooh. you know how you can favorite a memory today and it shows up in your favorites in your gallery. You basically you favorite an album and then that album will show up in your favorites list. I like that. And then now you don't have to hunt the email. You just go to your favorites list, see the album, open it up and see all the pictures. And you add more stuff to the album, they see the new stuff you add. That's cool. Because it's really looking at the same place. So or two things. There today. you go. Let I me know if that if you think that's gonna work. I think that'll work great. And we've already started working on it. So uh, I think that'll be that'll be fun to have. Okay. How about another one? Here's one from Bob and Rena. I hope I said that right. Please excuse me if I didn't. Maybe it's Rena. Anyway, a comment on the photo uh, profile photo. We have found that people we work with enjoy selecting their own favorite profile picture for people in their tree, not just the universal one. For example, grandchildren may like the elderly picture, which is the way they remember their grandparents. <clears throat> a spouse may want one when they were in their prime, and so on. It says, I remember once hearing that the change was due to the fact that most people in the tree only had one photo. That may be true prior to 1900, but it's not valid in the present. As we encourage people to use memories, more pictures are submitted. Audio stories are being added to those photos, and we're also encouraging everyone to add their stories. Um, <clears throat> it's a place to record our own life history through picture story. P.S. We want to thank you so much for what you and your team do. It's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for saying that. Yes, thank you. It's always nice to hear good things now and then. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yes, when we, we needed to rewrite the portrait stuff because there was confusion between that and tagging, and we needed to separate those out. So when we rewrote the portrait stuff, we did do an analysis, and – 99% of all the persons who had a picture had one. But that's not the only reason. So we, we rewrote the portrait service. We did it that way. But now I want you to imagine this. Imagine there's 10 pictures on the most closest million ancestors. Okay, let's say, you know, we have, a, you know, 15, you know, whatever, 10, 10 million 12 million to 15 million users, and they're, they all have their living, and they go up, you know, five, six, seven, eight generations. They each have pictures on those people for those four or five generations, and each one of them pick a different picture that they want to see. So this is what has to happen. Anytime anybody looks at a, looks at a pedigree chart, we have to calculate what picture is it that that particular person likes. 
every time they click the screen. It's a lot of work. And so what happens is, let's say, you know, on a Sunday we have six, seven, eight hundred thousand million people come to the site all at the same time. Mm -hmm. All of them have different, you know, different pictures. And so what happens is the whole system will start slowing down. And the system will and, and all of a sudden you're not going to see the pictures as, as quickly as you liked and all that kind of stuff. And I know we were doing it before, but the amount of pictures, like you say, are growing. And uh, I, we would love to continue to do that. Right now, we're not going to we're not going to do that because um, we'd have to decide if the cost of scaling that system up is worth it. I mean, we could do it. But we'd have to put in a bunch more machines. We'd have to write some more software. We'd have to be really fast at doing that because you, you're not going to wait. People don't want to wait for the picture to well, show. Someone up. keeps changing my mom's, and I know the picture they're putting up. She would just be, she would smack them. That is not the picture. <laughs> well, I and I understand. Matter of fact, when they came and when they came and talked to me about uh, about doing this, I said I don't like it. I think people want to see people how they remember them. And uh, I relented and said, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it the way you want to do it. Yeah. But I said, but I also said, if it becomes an issue, then we're, we may have to go back and reconsider that. Yeah. I don't think we're quite there yet, but I appreciate your comment. And I'm going to take your comment, uh, Bob and Rena, or Rena, Rena, and I'll, I'll, sure. <laughs> well, I'll take a snag of that and I'll copy it up and I'll send a, start collecting this information. There you go. To see uh, how many people. One vote are for. Yeah. No, you got mine too. That makes two. Because, like I said, my mother was very particular about pictures and stuff. Okay, uh, Stacy, are you planning on adding a like a button to the photos, docs, and memories? I think you can do that today already. Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me look here real quick. No so right. you go to family search. I apologize you, for, the, log, for the frozen picture. How do you log in the family search? Oh, it's not frozen. It's still videoing us and showing oh. it. So keep smiling. Don't think you're not being recorded or anything. Oh, in other words, don't you know pick my teeth or whatever. Yeah. Probably so a good thing then. So I'm going to go to a person here. <clears throat> oh, uh, it's you. Uh, you handsome devil. You don't even describe what's on the screen. So he doesn't want you to know that I think he's handsome. I'm sorry. And we'll go right there, Thomas William person. And I'll go look. I don't want to. I wanted to get one where I didn't. I would didn't give it. I didn't put it in. It's okay. Here's one. That's the one. Click they used. it. <clears throat> and there's a little like. Add to my likes. So you can go to any memory, and up in the top area where the title is, there's a little heart. And a label that says like, and you click that, and that will like the memory, and it'll show up in your. So if I click like, and then I go to my gallery, I haven't ever liked one. This is my first time to like it. And there's the my likes folder. I click it, and I see the Aww, picture. There's it's there, the, guys. There's the picture. As soon as you like it, it's there. Cool. So yeah, that works. Yeah. Now you know how it works. I have the best teacher here, but I'm the worst student. Yeah. But I only know stuff because I. It's what he does kids. now. If you ask me about sewing, I could put him under the table. Yeah. Let's see. Our blank family group sheets printable on Family Search. I can't remember. It seems like we did that, but uh, I can't remember where they are. I remember filling them out once a long yeah, time but, ago. You know, we buy them. But he's wanting to, you know, print no, them. No, no, out. no. I remember doing something like that <clears throat> on the computer, and then I was able to print them. But this has been, gosh, a while because I remember doing it, and it was I had my dad gave me the job to do my brother's two families, and but I remember doing it and being able to print it off. Why wouldn't they be able to print it? Well, I don't know if we put one out there. I mean, there's not one there anymore. I thought I think we did, but. I don't know what the weather's like in your town, but I think that winter is hitting us. Well, it's coming. There, they got There's snow. snow, and they're hoping the that in the next few days, a few of the ski resorts will open. Yeah. Now, my children are, are joyful at that. I had to give it up many years ago. Ron never tried it. But yeah. it's getting cold again, and all the leaves. What's number? Let's number forty-seven. Number four seventy-seven. Right. 
Yeah, I had the kids over, the grandkids over on Saturday prior to having a, a neighbor kid and the other come one, over. Oh, the other one was on here. This is... Um, they jumped in the leaves and it was so much fun. Who was it? I don't know. I don't know that you went that far down. Is it there in the memories? Is that the one you're talking about? No. Uh, Here's the like button. Is that the one? No, no. I don't like. Well, blank family group sheets. Blank uh, family. Anyway, it was a lot of fun, and my group. sweet little grandsons. Ugh. Sheets. I don't. I don't know. If they've ever done it before. Their their house doesn't have as, as many trees as grandma's. But oh. Anyway, but the weather here is starting to, to change and get cold, and it's been rainy and drizzly for the last couple of days. All right. Are you ready? The next one, yeah. Hey, this is from our buddy in Australia, and I've read it, and Peter, you've got a great sense of humor. It says, I have a record hint for a census, and when I go to attach it to the names, it doesn't recognize the children's names that are already listed. So I have to create a new person, then go in, and merge the children so that the record is attached to them. This has happened more than five times now. And this is probably, it says, please help me, Obi-Ron Kenobi, and don't <laughs> make me come over there from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> if you're using the source linker, you should be able to click the name of the person in the record, you know, so, so it pulls it together and then it has a, the person on one side and it has the record on the other side. You should be able to grab one of the names with those kids and drag it up. Hold your mouse button oh, yeah. and drag it up to line up with the person that really is in the family. You should be able to do that with all the kids. Oh. So um, try that. Try that. You should be able to click one of the kids on the record and drag it up or drag it down from one section to another section so that they line up. Okay. So do that. Try that next time you're doing it. And then, then you should be able to click attach, and it'll attach it and everything because you lined them up. We just pre-align, but sometimes we're going to be wrong or off, or somebody will be a new kid that we won't know where to put been it. been lost. And you just drag it drag it to the place you want it and click it. It should be fine. Just click attach. I love Australia. Your country's beautiful. Okay, so here's another person that asked about 110 years uh, in the living area, and the answer is yes. We're planning on... Uh, periodically going through living spaces and um, and marking people that are over 110 years old, making them deceased. Sometimes I wish the postal service would do that. We're still getting mail yeah. seven years after my mother's Okay, Stacy, say, not sure if this is your department, but is there plans to add a shareable link for patriarchal blessings? My family members are having trouble finding where to view patriarchal blessings. We, uh, about... It's probably been about a year ago. We were there was change to handbook one, and in the handbook it said that patriarchal blessings are not to be shared on family search. They're too sacred. They're too specific to that person and that time frame. So, um, for those of us who have seen a bunch of patriarchal blessings, the patriarchal blessings that were given to people in the 1800s when the church was early. 18 and early 1900s are very different than the patriarchal blessings you get today. And that's because the process, procedure, and what's expected to be trained, uh, how the temple uh, patriarchs are trained on what to talk about, you know, lineage, all this kind of stuff. That, uh, so they're very different and, um, and they're personal for the family. So, we're not, uh, we not, we're not allowed to have patriarchal blessings uploaded to uh, memories. We've had to remove all of the patriarchal blessings that were in there that, we've, that we know of. And the policy no longer allows that to be uploaded. So if we find a patriarchal blessing, then we'll remove it because that's, uh, that's outside of policy now. Even, so what I recommend you do. Even they're, they're dead over 110 years, just yeah. still an issue, huh? Yeah. So what I recommend you do is uh, get the patriarchal. You can go order the patriarchal blessing from the church for any of your ancestors. Yeah. And I would suggest you get them, scan them, and then put an online version in Google Drive or Dropbox or, or email them to all the family so that they have them. 
that's what I recommend. Um, okay, what's the next one? This is from TJ. It says, I'm trying to seal my aunt to my uncle, but it says there is no family relationship in a great big help. Uncle. Trying to seal an aunt to an uncle, but the thing says there's no family relationship. And she says, help me. So I don't know. Well, you it. can't seal them together if they're not a couple. So you have to add the uncle to the aunt as a husband. Yeah. Then they're husband and wife. You can do the ceilings. Yeah, okay. Try that one. Got to put them yeah, together. Yeah, this is TJ. So mm -hmm. TJ, uh, if what I'm talking about is kooky, and this is pretty brief explanation the problem, so mm. the question. So you, if uh, if what I said is already done, meaning they're already, not working. they're already listed as husband and wife, then I'm assuming also that they're deceased. Uh, then, um, well, that mm. yeah, if they're living, well, you're out of luck. You can't do that. I mean, they got to be dead, and they got to be dead at least a year. But send me an email at ron at familysearch.org. Remind me about this question. Give me the PIDs, the ID identifier for the aunt and the uncle, and I'll go take a look. And then I'll get back to you on what you need to do. Okay. Okay. We had a question from Joe, and it was very similar to the unattached things, and I hope that it answered all of his things. It looks like it did. Okay. So... This is this one. June says someone added a photo of myself, cousin, grandfather, and uncle. The person mislabeled who was in the photo. I made a comment, correct info, the information, and sent a message to make the correction. It still has not been changed. It was a photo of mine from another site. The person shared. Can I get ownership to make corrections? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. If it's your photo, I guess you can call up support and say you want that photo in your gallery uh, but I I suspect it would cause the attaches to go away but uh, um, so you could do that's the only thing you could do you tried contacting the person you could put your own um, tags on it yeah and then there'll be two sets of tags True. so that may cause a little pressure for the other person because you're gonna have different tags with you're gonna have the you know you're gonna have a two, there are going to be two June tags, but on two different people. Yeah. Although the owner can delete other people's tags. But uh, just for your, just so you know, it's not anytime soon, but we're, we're beginning work to revamp some of memories. And one of the things we're considering and would love to get your feedback on is making memories more open edit, like the tree. So you could go in and correct the title. You could correct the uh, description. You could correct uh, tags on people. Uh, you can't delete it because it's still the owner's prop. You know, the owner's owns it. And uh, that way you could go in and edit the tag and correct it and stuff like that. So let me know if that's something that's interesting to you. We think that is valuable to have. It'll have a change log with a restore, the whole, all the nine yards we need for things to be open editable. Mm -hmm. And I think this would allow you to do that. In the meantime, June, call up, tell them about the picture, get the ID number. So it's a URL. If you can give them the URL. That's support, right? Yeah, support. If that doesn't work for you, you know, give it a little bit of time, then send me either the support case or and, or the URL and remind me of this, and I'll get it to the right people and see what we can do. Uh, okay, what's the next thing? This is from Sherry. It said, I printed an SP card for... Oh, okay. Thank you, Brian. I haven't asked for a lot of patriarchal blessings, so you're limited to your great-grandparents on patriarchal blessings. I haven't tried. I, I need to get oh. my dad's. I don't have I'd, my dad's. I'd like to see my mother's. So I may request my mom and dad's. I haven't seen them. Well, that's good to know. We ought to do that. Maybe mm -hmm. when the kids come in for Thanksgiving, that's part of our activity. Maybe. Cool. Okay. Okay, this is from Sherry, and she said, I printed an SP card for Viola May, whatever, and she's given the PID. And it says, above Viola May and below the label, given name, is the name Holdeman. 
larger than her name. This is the name of one of her five husbands. Is there a reason for it there? I printed some other SP ordinances for other reservations, but they don't have this. Is that who she's trying to steal it to? Is that particular fifth? Isn't that a ceiling? Well, ceiling parent is SP is a ceiling parent card. But why would it have the husband? Well, maybe the husband's name is listed as the father. Ooh. Hmm. There you go. I'd have to go look at that. <clears throat> so, uh, Sherry, yeah, 481. She's giving you the information. That ain't going to help me because i got to look at the card. Mm. Well, and I, I can't print the card. Yeah, I didn't want to read the stuff out loud right so there. 481. 481. Mm -hmm. So, Sherry, you need to send me an email about this. 481. And uh, I'll go look into it. I've got to pretend to be you in order to do that so I can go look at the ceiling to parent card and see why it's doing what it's doing. So send me an email, ron at familysearch.org. Okay. Uh, messages, send temple cards. Well, this way we share temple cards to others in the future. So Linda says she liked the thing that you got messages. She wanted to know, is this a way for us to share temple cards to others in the future? You can actually do that now. You can actually share a reservation through messaging. So if you go to messages, you type in the name of the person you want to send the message to, then down at the bottom where you're going to type the message, there's a little button there. Um, let me go over here and see what it looks like. I haven't done this myself. I've witnessed it a couple of times. So I've come in here to conversations, and I say, let's see, this, this person right here. This one here, down at the bottom, mm -hmm. by where the line is where I'm going to type in the message, there's two buttons. One that looks like a photograph, a picture, and another one that looks like a temple, mm. like the Salt Lake Temple. Yeah. And just click one of those buttons, and it'll either let you pick a memory, pick a, a picture out of your gallery to share with that person, or you can also, if you put the temple, you can share a but, reservation. But it doesn't say that, where the other one says photo. Yeah, I don't know why it doesn't say that. So it's maybe that they don't realize they can do it, but it does. You hit you. It brings up your reservation list. Uh -huh. You can select one of them and say attach it. It'll send it to them in the message, and then it'll behave like sharing is today. If they accept it, then uh, it'll be transferred over to them, the whole reservation. So it's not sharing just an ordinance because I know uh, people will ask. You can't click you on can't, there what you want no. to send with them. You share the whole thing. We're gonna we're gonna work on that in the future. We've got to finish up our stuff. We're revamping temple, and one of that stuff we're doing is we're gonna make it so you share by ordinance. But that's not gonna be till sometime way into next year. So maybe a year from now. Yeah, it's we got lots of stuff to There's do. There's lots of stuff. He tells me that each day it's like ten new things. <laughs> yeah, ten new features or something that they that they want or him to look into and to, to make. And it's like not enough time and people resources. Yeah. This is from Carol. She says, why do I find this statement on so many of my ancestors? This person's ordinance status is not available. Please contact family search support. If you are a relative and need more information. Thank you. Oh yes, yes. So, um, okay. So what she's what? Who is this? Uh, this is Carol. Carol. Okay. What she's asking about is when you go to the ordinance tab, you'll see uh, you can't see any ordinances, and it says not available on the ordinance tab. All right now, there's a couple of reasons why that's the case, and it'll be in all caps. Okay, so you go to the ordinance tab on a person, and it says not available. And then you, there's a little bit of a little note, little eye circle or something or message there that says the ordinance is not available for this person. Please contact support. And there's a couple of reasons. There's one fairly common one, and then there's a few that are less common. For instance, uh, most common is that somebody changed the sex of that person 
and but there are ordinances for the previous sex. So let's say it's a oh, it was great. a male, and somebody has done ordinances for a, for for that person as a male, and then somebody else comes in and say, whoa, 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 no, no, that's not a male. Pat is a female, and so they change the sex from male to female. Well, when that happens, we have a male ordinance sitting on a female person. Mm -hmm. So immediately we say, whoops, that's an error condition, not available. We want you to contact support because what support will do is review it, look at it, and then they'll, they'll take care of the male ordinances so that now female, uh, female ordinances will be available for requesting. So you just need to contact support, they'll take care of the issue, and then the not available will go away, and it'll either show the ordinances or it will show um, the uh, need, you know, the reserve. So you this can request This is too it. big of a problem that you can't just correct on your own at home. Well, we're, no, you can't correct this on your this own. You have to call support. support. Issue. Now, we're working on some code that's going to take care of this, but it's not going to be done for a bit. Again. And then, uh, and then, the then this won't be a problem. Now, there's another reason why you would get a not available, and that is if the person uh, that you're entering is from a sensitive country, oh. and these sensitive countries are places like um, uh, country, Middle some Middle Eastern countries, and that's uh, they're considered sensitive because they don't, uh, they're not interested in having their their um, ancestors or whatever. Their people. their people from those areas that are not interested in having that stuff appear uh, potentially on family search. And yeah. so it's dangerous to. And so what we do is we put not available so that if there are some people in sensitive countries that accidentally show up in family tree in the in the public space, that if somebody were to look at it, they would show that it's not available. Another another reason why we have not available is for Jewish Holocaust victims, mm -hmm. because we've made a promise to the Jewish community that if somebody who is that that oh, oh, there's only certain people that can do a Jewish Holocaust victims ordinances, and and even if they're done, we're to show not available uh, out of courtesy. That was the agreement that the church made with the Jewish community. Yeah, that's been in that's been, place, a, for that's a been place for a long time. So those are three. The most common is the, is the sex change thing, where somebody flips the sex to a different yeah, sex. Mm -hmm. That's the most common. And just contact support. Let them know. They can fix it fairly quickly. And, uh, and then you're on your way. Here's one from Linda. It says, I know you've said that when merging, all sources slash attachments go with the surviving person. But when we unmerge, do these sources and attachments go back to the individual as they were before the merge, except for any information that was attached after the merge? Okay. That's a good question. Loaded question. Loaded. Yeah. But, so, a, good, but a good one. Yeah, it's a good one because it's, it's, uh, it's a complicated thing. Yes, it is. I can see that. Okay, so let's talk about a merge. Here's a merge. So here's person one over here, and here's person two who's the duplicate. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you merge, what you're doing is you're taking data data from person two, and you're saying copy that data onto person one. This represents this line here represents the change log in person one. Okay. Okay. So this is this part up here is when it was brand new. This one down here is the latest change. Okay. okay. So uh, there is no guarantee that all the sources are copied over, and that's because when a merge occurs and you see two people, we by default move the the sources over, but a person can choose to not do that. They can go in there and say undo that, and it goes back over here. But whatever is chosen to, to copy from here over to here, uh, that happens at the merge time, okay? So let's say that merge happened this second, okay? The second a merge occurs, 
that data is copied over here and may replace some data that's on here. Okay, like let's say you take a the death date and you say that's the right death date. So now that death date will be up here on this person contributed by you because you did the merge. Okay, now you go, uh oh, I didn't mean to do that. So if you do that. Then you go to you, and you want to undo this merge. You go to the change log, and the very top entry. I guess this is beginning of time. Remember, up here is beginning of time, and here's the last change. That last change, which will be the top entry in change log, will say merged. You go to that change log, and it'll have a little button that says unmerge over on the side. Oh. If you push unmerge, then this all disappears as if it never happened. It all disappears. All the sources come off of here. All the data that was changed here is undone. Everything is undone. But what about stuff if it's higher in the, you know, you were saying it's merged and then there's additional okay, stuff out of it. Okay, so now on. here's, now we'll do that. So here, it was merged there. So here's merge. Okay. And now let's say more stuff was entered in on, on P1. This P2 is not around anymore. Right, because it's been merged away, so nobody sees this one anymore. And you see only this one. Now, what happens to this stuff? Well, what happens is, at this point in time, as soon as there's something added to this change log, you can't do an unmerge. Oh. And the reason I don't let you do an unmerge, so you can't do an unmerge, you can't undo it. And that's because I don't know what to do with this data right here. What do I do with that data? Yeah. Does it belong to this person? Does it belong to that person? Does half of it belong here and half of it over there? I don't know. So it just stays. You can't undo. You can't undo, but you can do a restore on this person. Oh, you misspelled that. No, I just squished oh, the R and Sorry, e. folks. He, d he does get a little weird sometimes. You can do a restore on this person. So you go in the change log to the same place. You'll have a link to this person. You click that link to that person, and you click the restore button in its change log or on the page of this page person. You click restore. This person will come back into existence, but... The sources and everything else that you put over here during the merge and then post will still be over here. But so if you have store it will take the information that was put in on the merge and pull it back and no. Oh. No. Restore only restores this thing, this circle. Oh uh, this, no at the, information at the switch. state that it was when it was originally merged. Oh. All the data that you copied over is still over here on this one. So now you need to go to this one and clean it up. Mm. Replay, put the old date, death date back. Take the sources and and detach them from this person. Wow. Remove the memories. So it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot we, of work. We want to build some tools. We've been talking for a while about building some tools to help this, so you can easily take things off that came from this person because we know what came from them. So we could list it for you and let you choose what stuff to keep and what stuff to take away. But we haven't done that yet. Okay, but you get this one back. Now, I will say one more thing. Ordinances don't work this way, right? Because there's ordinances here. So I'm going to say here's a B and a C. And let's say there's an I over here, initiatory, and an E for ordinances. When the merge happens, this B and C come over here. B and C get hooked to this guy, okay? Mm -hmm. But if an unmerge occurs... Or a restore occurs. It doesn't matter any way, either way you do it. We take these off this other person. Ah. Ordinances always go back Ordinances. to where they were before. But we don't move any of this data because we don't know what sources are supposed to be there or not. Yeah. But we do know that those ordinances came from here, so, so we know we can put them back. Oh, I can see now. Because, yeah, you don't know if the information added later pertains to the person as with all with all the extra stuff on it right ah, that makes so it's sense. a very good question it's a complicated it's a complicated deal but it's recoverable and uh, and someday when we find uh, a week or two that has 10 days in it 
as opposed to just seven or just five working days. Or all of a sudden, all of a sudden time stops and or, they're able to work. Or, or all of a sudden, uh, all of our bosses and everybody says, I, I got no more. I got no more ideas. <laughs> then uh, not going to happen. Then we'll uh, we'll do it. But there's been requests for this, and I think it's legitimate requests. And we've been had we've had plenty of conversations on this. We just haven't uh, had the right priority yet to get in there. Yeah, there are some things that are. There's other things that are more important. Priority. But we have one more question on my list, so folks, get busy. Yeah, we're going about it. Remember, we're gonna do this one more time next. Uh, you know, can't do it month. next week. Next month, we'll do one more in December. And then we'll kick it in again in January, right. and we'll be more um, consistent, hopefully. Unless, well, he can do it. If I get sick, he can do it. He's a big guy. Anyway, we have one more question. Do you have any more over there? Um, I was just going to make a comment on Tina's here. She says when she shares, she doesn't actually share. She prints out an FOR and emails it to the person. That's That's okay. Uh, you know, there are cases when you want the person who receives the the uh, reservation to have their name on the card. Yeah. There's something special, especially if you're sending it to like a grandkid or something. Yeah. It's uh, it gives ownership. It, it, it makes it feel special to them mm -hmm. when they have a card with their name on it. Yeah. So uh, adults, True. you know, can deal with that. Uh, youth, it has a special. There's a special thing about it. Mm -hmm. Yep, our son said that. It was neat to see his name on it. Yeah, and certainly not available. I don't think I didn't think it actually. This is Dana. I didn't think it actually said not available. Well, it might say not available. It'll it'll usually if there's some reason like you're missing the standardized dates or something, it'll say that the ordinance is not a. But it's not in big bold letters. It's just in text there. Why is the my family booklet removed from Family Search? Good question. I didn't know they had. Yes. As of November the 4th, the My Family Booklet ingest tool. This is not – My Family Booklets are all available. You can still get your printed copies. Those are all there. Nothing's changed. But, but the My Family Booklet tool that allows you to type in the information into a piece of software that looks like the booklet online mm – -hmm. We removed that. There's a couple of reasons. One, it needed to be completely rewrited. And two, I felt like it was important for us to not just have the booklet in multiple languages, but to try to get the whole site in multiple languages. Yeah, I can see that. It's better to have everybody working in the site together rather than working on a booklet and then remembering to submit it and it gets copied over to the tree. And then they have to work on it some more. They can't do it in the language they're used to doing it in because we didn't translate it. So we changed our direction this year, and we are beginning to translate uh, login registration, um, homepage, family tree, memory search, and the mobile app into more languages so that uh, people in those countries can use it in their language, all of the tools that are in those areas. Yeah. And so that I think that's a better experience and a better way for them to integrate with their family uh, if they're doing it right on Family Tree. So we got rid of the booklet, and then we're redirecting some of our translation budgets to start working on uh, adding more languages to the tree. You may have seen some of them are already starting to show up uh, on the website. Okay, so that's, that's why we did it, because uh, we felt it was important to start getting that happening on the site itself. Any news on when we'll be able to have a shared temple list with other others in our family? I'm supposed to get a report on that uh, wow. next month, and wow. then we'll probably start next year is what I'm guessing. That's awesome. We'll have the shared family Yeah, that's group. one that's been really long and coming. Oh, there's yeah. Linda. She just sent you something. Linda, thank you for the show, and tell about Merge and the Merge Restore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, everyone, it's uh, it's 832. Well, you have one more question. Oh, well, yeah, let's answer, do that let's answer this last so question. So we're filled out. And it's from Warren, and it says, on the memory detail page, can we get an option to add people by PIN number? As sometimes it's easier to associate a picture or a document by PIN than trying to Yeah, Warren, you it. sent me an email about this, I think. I saw it today, I think. Um, I don't see his emails. And Warren. the answer is, you can add it by PIN. So 
What you do is you go into memories, you, uh, you go to the memory, you click the picture, and it will create a box, the bounding box. You put in a name. doesn't matter what name you put. I mean, it does matter. Just put in a name. You don't have to worry about the full name, but just put in a name for the person. Mm -hmm. And then over to the right of the memories, there's the list of all the people that are tagged. If you just put a brand new tag on the person, the square, and you typed in a name, that name will be showing up over on the right-hand side. All you have to do is click that name on the right-hand side, and it'll, and it'll have two buttons for you. One is uh, search for the name of the person that you are, want to attach it to, or enter in the PID of the person. You just type in the PID, hit save, and now that tag and that picture is now attached to that person. So you just, you just do it right there in the picture. Create a tag, give it a name, go over there, give it the PID that it's associated with, and boom, you got it. It's already there. It's already there. Thank you, everybody, for doing Have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. You know, our kids are going to be in town, so it's going to oh, be fun. Oh, we're looking forward fun, to it. Fun, noisy, and tiring. I'm actually flying out on Sunday to go help bring my grandson and family back yeah. for Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Enjoy your holidays, and we will see you December. in December. I'll have to go uh, figure out the time. I don't know. I'm not saying it right now. Well, the next one would be the 5th because I have my activity day on the 4th, and you usually have it the day after. Yeah, I'll probably do it so, the week after that. Yeah, you don't want to get too far in because people are partying in homes uh, that time of the year. All right. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate it. Sure keep, submitting, yeah. keep submitting those questions. Whenever they come up, just go write it in so we'll have plenty to talk about next yeah. time. All right. Thank you very much, and have a good evening. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That does it for us today on Family History Ron. I hope you enjoyed listening to Ron and his crazy antics. Yes, he really is like that in real life. And yes, I really did have to grow up with that as my dad. All right. So what can you do to help spread the word? All right. There's a few things. First things first, you could head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a five-star review. You could also leave a comment and tell us what you love about the podcast. We're always curious to see what people like and to do more of what you do. Second, you could share it with those that you know also love genealogy. We love having new people on the show and in the Facebook page. Second, if you want to catch Ron live, because it's always better when you can see his, you know, reactions, we would love to have you. Just head over to Facebook and search Family History Ron. We have lives two times a month. They're always on a Thursday and they happen at 7.30 p.m. We hope to see you soon.